Hello, my name is Jordan. At the age of 16, I was diagnosed with a myriad of mental health challenges. I've spent thousands of hours with psychiatrists, therapists, doctors, counselors, and many, many more other mental health professionals. And with that, of course, comes with uh, me trying just about every combination of medication that exists. I've studied dozens of self-help regimes, practices, and techniques, and implement them to the best of my ability in my daily life. The psyche of the modern man has been shaped to turn a blind eye to mental health, introspection, and physical health. Dozens of statistics and studies show very hard, concrete evidence of this trend. It's time for that to change. We will be focusing on a wide range of topics from money to intimacy issues, anger to pleasure, self-talk to charity, and many, many more. I welcome any and all listeners to join us, whether you are a man, woman, or non-binary individual. Listen, I understand that men have dominated just about every facet of life for thousands of years, but an awakening is beginning to occur in men and culture. With this awakening, men now more than ever need patience and help to undo thousands of years of conditioning so that we can make this world a safer, kinder, and more loving place to live for everyone. A quick note before we begin, uh, Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, I hope all of you found some peace and had some fun. Uh, you, of course, remained safe, and most importantly, you celebrated your life and your accomplishments. You might be able to hear it. Uh, I've been sick. I had pneumonia, <clears throat> followed by I had oral surgery, so my face is very uh, swollen right now. Um, so I may, that's why I may sound like that. Um, and I just started ketamine infusion therapy, which uh, I will most certainly have um, episodes on in the future uh, to talk about it, what I experienced and how it's working for me. Now, please, 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 uh, they just added a rating system uh, for uh, podcasts on Spotify. So if you would please go and um, let me know how I'm doing. Um, I work very hard on this podcast and I openly display my vulnerabilities and downfalls in just about every episode. Um, I like to keep most of my mistakes and grammatical slip ups in the podcast because I really want this to be a casual, informal conversation. I, I'm not an expert. I never want anyone to think I am. I'm just a guy who basically does this outside of what he does for a living. And with that, let's get to the topic at hand this week, which is gratitude and the act of taking inventory. As always, let's start with a quote. Maya Angelou once said, this is a wonderful day. I've never seen this one before. And as that played out phrase goes, tomorrow is not promised, uh, which means that when a dawn breaks on a new day, it's an opportunity to celebrate. I've heard the expression, you have survived every difficult day of your life thus far, and it's true. All those times you felt weak or defeated, pathetic, tired, angry, guilty, and more, all those times you thought it would come crashing down, 
you held it up. You made it to a new dawn. It's time to celebrate. It's time to take inventory and reflect on the beauty around you and celebrate the experience of life. Now, this all sounds very much like an Instagram quote that's like written in cursive over a background of like the red rocks of uh, Sedona um, with like geometric shapes. And uh, to a certain degree, it, it is. But underneath that ooey-gooey, sickeningly sweet, live-laugh-love exterior, uh, the importance of being grateful, and I don't want to be hyperbolic here, seem hyperbolic, but the feeling and expression of gratitude can be the single most important thing you do for your mental health. And I want to specifically talk about this today for men because showing and feeling gratitude can be tough. From the website Greater Good, um, which is by uh, Berkeley EDU, uh, they have an article that's titled, Do Men Have a Gratitude Problem? In it, Todd Cashton, a professor of psychology and the director of the Laboratory for the Study of Social Anxiety, character strengths, and related phenomena at George Mason uh, University states, based on baby boomers, we know that there is a particular psychological profile of being a little more rigid and masculine, he says. They encapsulate the essence of masculinity with all of its good sides and bad sides. This is one of the bad sides. A study conducted in 1988 uh, compared the experience of emotions in men and women of different ages from the United States and Germany and found that German men reported experiencing gratitude significantly more often than American men did, and they viewed gratitude more positively, even characterizing it as one of the most constructive emotions. American men, on the other hand, tended to report that gratitude was an undesirable and difficult to express emotion, even finding it humiliating in some cases. In fact, over a third of men from the U.S. aged between 35 and 50 said they would prefer to conceal their gratitude than openly express it. Let me repeat that. Some were finding it humiliating to express and to feel gratitude, and they would rather just not even show it. Why is that? Well, because it shows vulnerability, which from an early age, we are told it's unmanly. You're to be stone-faced, get the job done, punch the clock, right? Let's talk about what gratitude and taking inventory is not. First of all, and in Western civilization, this one's going to be difficult. It has nothing to do with numbers. If your mind immediately goes to count how much of something you have, you have placed an earthly and materialistic value on it. Gratitude isn't an incremental measurement. I want to express that when I say taking inventory, I'm hoping to look past its colloquial usage. The origin of the word inventory is derived from the early Latin inventus, which its past participle means to find, to discover, to ascertain. 
So when I say taking inventory, I mean, what can you find? What can you discover? What can you ascertain about yourself or the world around you and only the world around you that you have direct control over and be thankful for it? So once again, we're not looking to check our bank account or count the number of friends we have. Gratitude is far more fundamental than a unit of measurement. Secondly, comparison to others is out of the question. This is a tough one for me, at least. Uh, my whole life, I've been told, you know, I, you need to be happy because there's others that are less fortunate than I am. And I imagine this is the case for a lot of you, right? It could always be worse. I am extremely fortunate that I was born where, when, and how I was, and to whom. Albeit this sentiment is well-meaning to tell a child, uh, it's an attempt to make them feel thankful for the food on the table, the shoes on their feet, and the roof over their head. However, its messaging is built on fear and guilt and shame. It's not built on celebration and the act of seeing beauty. It's built on painting the world as a scary place with only those who have and those who do not. Third, gratitude can only exist in the now, in the act of being a present observer. Although the act of feeling grateful and taking inventory can be viewed through the lens of we started at the bottom, now we're here, uh, this can also cloud our judgment. Our memories are a liquid construct of our minds, and with that we can paint our past experiences in any color we see fit to drive our current narrative. This, as most things are in this podcast, it comes back to your egoic mind. Your egoic mind is going to shape your memories in a way to further its hold on you. Are you feeling pathetic currently? Well, if you attempt to dig yourself out of that hole by looking into the past, I can almost guarantee you're just going to find more reasons to feel pathetic. And that's no fault of your own. It's your egoic mind. Things in the past could have certainly been worse than they are now. Thank God they're better. But the opposite of that is that perhaps you feel like your past was much better than it is now. And through the attempt to feel grateful, you've dug into the past only to ruminate about what you've lost. This is a tough one because in a sense, I'm almost telling you to not celebrate growth when attempting to feel gratitude. But I want to stress the future nor the past truly exist, which is to say the past and the future have no control over you and you have no control over it. We are celebrating what we have and what we have is now. So, in summary, gratitude can't be measured, it can't be a comparison to others, and it can't be a comparison to our past. So, what is gratitude and why is it important? Eckhart Tolle wrote, Acknowledging the good that you already have in your life is the foundation for all abundance. Pretty straightforward. It's taking inventory and celebrating it. Through this, we can ground ourselves. Notice how Toll says, already have in your life. 
as mentioned before, the lens we are talking about today is gratitude rooted in the present. It's not a comparison of the past, nor of to others. It's viewing now and all of its beauty. This may be a difficult exercise as who are we really if we aren't just a culmination of our prior experiences and the lessons we learn from them? Well, remember, our recollection of the past is skewed. And not could be skewed. It is skewed. An article on the scientificjournal.com wrote, In a University of Toronto study, researchers measured memories of verifiable experiences by focusing on those regarding an audio-guided tour of a hospital. Two days after taking part in the tour, participants were asked to recall what had happened. While on average, they recalled only 15 to 22% of the events that they experienced, the memories that they did recall on average were 93 to 94% correct. Think about that. They could recall less than 25%, albeit very accurately, their mind literally chose 25% as important and just tossed the other 75%. Now, why did it choose that particular 25%? Could it be driven by the mood at the time? Or perhaps you were distracted and your egoic mind was forcing you to think certain ways? Regardless of how or why it happens, it does. So for you to build your foundation of gratitude on information that's missing 75% of the content is like building a house of cards. So, for the purpose of this episode, once again, we are focusing on the present. Much like I discussed in the episode titled Inner Voice, we want to only look at the now and what's immediately around us and giving thanks. Why is this important? Well, thankfully, there's been a lot of modern research and studies on the topic. There's a beautiful article on these studies titled, What is Gratitude and Why is it so important? And it's uh, at positivepsychology.com. Uh, I'm just going to provide the cliff notes for this list. Uh, and the list of citations would be longer than this podcast. So I'll just be quoting directly from the article. Uh, so thank you to those guys for making my job easier. Um, be sure to check out that website. It's got a lot of cool information. And remember, these are all backed up by peer-reviewed research and studies. I just don't want to cite every single one and triple the length of this podcast. So, number one, according to studies, expressing your thanks can improve your overall sense of well-being. Grateful people are more agreeable, more open, and less neurotic. Gratitude is related inversely to depression and positively to life satisfaction. I found this next part really cool. They expand and say, this is not to say that depressed people should simply be more grateful as depression is very complicated and it's a struggle for millions of people. Instead, perhaps gratitude practices need to be a part of therapy and treatment for people who do struggle with depression. Two, uh, people who express their gratitude for each other tend to be more willing to forgive others and less narcissistic, 
Giving thanks to those who have helped you strengthens your relationships and promotes relationship formation and maintenance, as well as relationship connection and satisfaction. Three, improved optimism. In a 10-week study, researchers found that people who focused on gratitude showed more optimism in many more areas of their lives, including health and exercise. When people are optimistic about their well-being and health, they may be more likely to act in ways to support that healthy lifestyle. Four, increased happiness. A 2011 study asked people to write and deliver a letter to someone for whom they were grateful to. After the task, their happiness levels and life satisfaction were dramatically impacted even weeks later. In the pursuit of happiness and life satisfaction, gratitude offers a long-lasting effect in a positive feedback loop. Thus, the more gratitude we experience and express, the more situations and people we may find to express gratitude towards. Number five, improved discipline, focus, and self-control. A 2014 study found that self-control significantly increased when subjects chose to practice gratitude over general happiness or simply feeling neutral. Being thankful can provide us the resolve we need to make choices in our lives that serve us emotionally and physically in the long run. Number six, better physical and mental health. Research performed in 2015 showed that patients with heart failure who completed gratitude journals showed reduced inflammation, improved sleep, and better moods. This reduced their symptoms of heart failure after only eight weeks of the practice. Number seven, stronger athleticism. A 2013-2014 study found that an athlete's level of gratitude for their success can influence their levels of well-being. More specifically, adolescent athletes who were more grateful in life are also more satisfied and tended to have higher levels of self-esteem. And eight, stronger neurological-based morality. One study measured the brain's response to feelings of gratitude using an MRI. These researchers elicited feelings of gratitude in their participants and found that gratitude increased activity of areas in the brain that dealt with morality, reward, and judgment. So basically showing gratitude is amazing for you and it's amazing for others. It's a positive feedback loop on your life and those around you. So how do we feel gratitude within ourselves? In a future episode, I I will focus on showing gratitude for others. um, And I covered some of that in Giving and Receiving Gifts, a past episode. Uh, But for now, we're just going to focus on our own psyche. So I've broken this down into three steps that work for me. And it's a loop. It repeats uh, because that's life. Everything is cycles. You've got ups and downs. Step one, being present and observing the world around you without labeling or judgment. For any of my listeners who meditate, this sentiment will sound very, very familiar. With this space that we've created and the peace within ourselves, we can free our mind of the predatory egoic voice and in this quiet, 
The things that truly bring us joy and contentment can actually shine through. I do this a lot when I take my dog on his daily walk. I'll realize that my brain is spinning around and around. Um, I'll come to this realization that I've just been staring at my feet rather than looking up around me. When I make that realization and when I look up and take a deep breath, I can see the mountains, I can see the trees, I can hear children playing in the park and the chirping of the birds, I can smell the winter air and I could feel the cold, crisp air against my face. Suddenly, I'm filled with a sense of being alive, being thankful. I feel gratitude for the simplicity of it all. I'm not those bills I owe money on or the deadlines I need to meet. I'm not in need. I don't want anything. I'm simply an observer, and I'm looking at the simple beauty around me. And at the very least, if I can just get a moment of silence from doing this, I can be grateful that I simply have that clarity and that break from those egoic mind thoughts of bills and all that. Oftentimes, after I have this, A smile appears on my face, and I find that throughout the rest of the day, it's easier to smile. Things could always be better. Things could always be worse. Things could X, Y, Z. But what are things now? What's real? Not what could. What's right now? Step two. And this is to try and train yourself to pay attention to the language of your self-talk and taking active steps to change its lexicon. Our egoic mind loves to make us feel like failures and losers. It wants us to feel envy of others and greedily wants more. The egoic Mine uses self-defeating words uh, like moron and failure and piece of shit and all of those, right? It's mean to you. And we can identify that our egoic mind is in control when we feel this way, when we identify that we are feeling this way. And by doing that, we rob it of its power. When we become the observer of the insanity that is the egoic mind, we're saying, Hold on, I'm, I'm watching this from outside. This isn't me. The true me, when I don't feel all flustered like this, is calm and quiet. The true me is thankful and it revels in the beauty of life, not bills or other bullshit. Remember, the egoic mind can only exist when we are not celebrating the depth and breadth of our life experience. So, by actively training our subconscious to use a different language that is more driven by being grateful, we'll find the egoic mind will be snuffed out. So, practice words of affirmation. Call yourself a badass. Think to yourself, man, I'm on a walk right now. I'm doing good. It looks great outside. I've got a beautiful dog. I've got a beautiful life. It sounds so simple and so lame, but by actively trying to do that over and over and over again, we're training our brains to think differently about ourselves. All right, and this is step three. 
This is a practice. You need to rinse and repeat. This will always be a life practice. And you will get better at it. I promise you. Now, at times when you feel everything is shit, this practice is going to be difficult. It's hard to see the forest for the trees when you're riddled with anxiety or depression. When in that state, what the fuck do you have to be thankful for? Your wife left you, you lost your job, you said something you wish you could take back, you lost a loved one, your car broke down. Stop. Your egoic mind has taken over. Recognize it and return to step one. Rinse and repeat. It's freeing to think that all things in life are temporary and fleeting. All things whether they are good or bad, are simply life situations. And that's beautiful, right? That means that if something's shitty, if you have enough patience and persistence, you'll make it through it. And if something's beautiful and amazing, and you know it's fleeting, that's all the more reason to enjoy it and feel gratitude towards it. The only thing you truly have is now. That in itself is beautiful. True gratitude and contentment can only be a manifestation of the present moment. So stop and be present. With all that, I want to thank you once again. Please, please, please uh, rate me on um, Spotify and comment on iTunes and all that stuff. Um, I really need your help to spread the message. Uh, please also follow and uh, like me on Instagram at Male Mental Health Spade Podcast. Spread any of the words that I've quoted or rambled on about with anyone that needs to hear it. All I can continue to do is put out the best content I can, but I need your help once again to spread the word. I'll keep saying this. This is on us. Let's be the best body soul and mind we can be being a man come second thank you